Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Call to Be podcast, where we seek to empower everyday believers to discover and live out their authentic calling in Christ. I'm the Dr. Reverend Travis Guzzi, pastor as well as an ICF certified life and executive coach and a Gallup Strengths coach. And it is great to be with all of you again. And I want to welcome back in studio uh, Kevin Scott and Trish Freshwater. Good to uh, back, be back with both of you guys. The not Reverend Dr. Scott. <laughs> You know, it's still... Um, I got to rub you for that. Yeah, it, it's still weird, though. I, like, people are introducing me. Oh, hi, doctor, or doctor, yeah. or reverend doctor. And it's just, it's it's a still yeah, a little well, surreal. And but. that word that word doctor just has such a connotation to it that people expect you in a lab coat and that kind of thing. And I said, like, it doesn't always mean that, right? You're a doctor of something, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Not that kind of doctor. Though the original doctorate uh, was back in the Middle Ages in the university systems in religious institutions. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't realize that you're not a real doctor. Oh, well. Dr. Luther. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, no, it's great to uh, be with uh, both of you again. How's life going for you both? Uh, Things doing okay? A hundred miles an hour all the time. Uh, Children have this way of reminding you that uh, you are not in control at all um, and your deadlines matter very little in the grand scheme of things. But, but, but my son did just discover um, Candyland. The board oh, game, how fun. and I'm rediscovering the joy of that because honestly, I had forgotten how to play. I had not played this game since I was a little kid, right? And so he had to explain the rules to me. It's like, Daddy, you're the red, and it goes here, <laughs> and then you get two car, you get two blues. So you know, and so it's fun though. You know, sometimes you got to slow down, and sometimes you got to yeah get down on the floor and play with your kids. Our, our, our children have a way of doing that. I know for me, uh, when I was in the parish. Boy, whenever I was stressed, you know, kind of like I think we're all feeling right now in this current stage of life and our viewing and listening audience may as well. I just would go hang out with the kids in the preschool. I mean, it's just something about, you know, two, three, four-year-olds. Yep. They just kind of put life in perspective that, yep. you know, there's really not a lot to stress about and life is pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, chapel is one of my favorite things I get to do, honestly, in my role because, you know, they don't they don't care if you mess up. They don't care yeah. if your message isn't perfect. Um, if, if you're a big goofball, you know, the, the, that's all the better. And so, yeah, yeah, they, they just, yeah, they had this way of kind of bringing you back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. Even at service on Sunday, there was, um, a family behind me and they had maybe a one-year-old, maybe younger, and it was just a little fussy. So they sat him in a seat in front of them, which happened to be a couple over from me. And he just sat there flapping his arms and just happy as a clam and, I was completely distracted and looking at him going, yes, I need you right now. (laughs) I need your joy. I need your happiness. And just to look at you makes me feel better. (laughs) Well, and I think that's where Jesus talks about a childlike faith is uh, sometimes children remind us of what, how we need to be is yes, there's stress, there's complexity in life, but there's something about just coming before Jesus as a little child in that kind of a, a childlike faith, which is a very good thing. Absolutely. Well, hey, Trisha, why don't you set the table for us today? What are we going to be talking about sure. on this Called to Be podcast? So today's exciting. We are going to explore how to discover your divine GPS. Which is better than a regular GPS. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, this is not electronics. It will have you circling in parking lots for hours. <laughs> okay, so for real, it's going to be about God's workmanship, his gifting, and his design in your life, and how you can help navigate your various callings to be much more intentional in what you do in this world. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and you know, in, in a lot of the work I've been doing in, in this kind of vision of called to be, uh, it's really, you know, what we're trying to do is help people discover their authentic calling in Christ. 
And as we talked about in a couple episodes ago, discovering your calling, your, your calling is kind of this intersection of these three circles. For those in viewing, we'll try to describe it for our listening audience. Think about three circles that overlap. And, and it's really the, the first circle is, is what do my gifts and my strengths contribute? The second is what does my, pa- my heart sing? That's really the passions, the core motivations in our life. And the last is the question, not what does the world need? Because, again, that's too large. Who needs what I have to offer? And it's in the center, the intersection of those three things that we find our calling sweet spot. It's not that we can't do other things. God doesn't call us to do other things. But where we're going to be most effective, where we're going to have the most energy, we're going to have the most satisfaction in our service is that sweet spot. Now, thinking about who... Who needs what I have to offer? That's looking around our various areas of responsibility of life. God puts people in front of us each and every day, whether it's at church, it's at home, it's in the workplace. But but ultimately, at the end of the day, we also have to understand not just our ultimate identity, who we are in Christ, but we need to understand our unique identity of God's workmanship, his gifting, and design. That's that's the Ephesians 2.10 uh, for where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. The um, Psalm 139 of how God has uniquely created and gifted us. We have to understand who we are, how God has gifted us, the talents that he's bestowed upon us so that we can understand how am I supposed to make an impact to my neighbor. And that's really kind of the heart and core of what we're going to get at today. Yeah, I mean, I think that what I hear you saying is that what makes up a person is um, what you're passionate about. So what what drives you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Yep. Right. Um, Besides then, coffee, right? Right, right, right. And then where and then where you're gifted. And then when you look at those two things together, right? What is it that gets me? Out of, what do I want to share with others? Right. Um, and then how does that contribute to uh, what I have to offer? Um, when you put those two things together, then you have a better idea of who needs that. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And so what I talk about is in terms of discovering your divine GPS. Now, um, GPS devices are great. I don't know if you uh, no. both... Re- <laughs> no, they're no, not. Really? No. You, you seem to have you a, know, kind of a love-hate relationship I do, there. I do. Yes. I was, um, I was in the car with an individual um, just this week, actually, and the GPS got us hopelessly lost. Oh, okay. Hopelessly lost, right? We're doing circles in this parking lot. And finally, um, he looked over at me and he said, you know, I think GPS has actually just made us all really stupid. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, you're listening to the, uh, you know, the the robotic voice tell you which way to go instead of just looking up and like doing what we used to do, which is, you know, memorize the the roadmaps and the signs. But I digress. Technology yeah, yeah, is yeah. a wonderful thing. Well, <laughs> well you know, and, and I want to double check because, Kevin, I don't know if for, for you're a little bit younger than I am. So so did you um, still did you grow up with GPS your whole life or do you still remember the old well, no. And, and, and I am a I'm a unique case because I have no sense of direction. I was born without it. I'm serious. That Not part of one of God's just, gifts yeah, for it's, Kevin. It's missing. I can't read a map. I can't take direction. I can't. So um, learning how to drive was a challenge for me, and I probably would have benefited greatly from a GPS device. But now that I lean so heavily into it, uh, you know, it's not a perfect system. And so it's uh, you, uh, it takes some of the thinking out of driving, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So. So, so that's kind of funny because I think Kevin and I, or uh, Travis and I are from a similar generation, and I still have my book of maps in the car because I'm, I don't trust the GPS. And I used to memorize maps when I first learned how to drive. And yeah. 
Well, see, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm from the generation <laughs> of MapQuest, right? Um, when I was in high school, actually, my high school used to play a series of basketball games called the Sem Games at the St. Louis Seminary. And my best friend was a, a filmer, right? He would do, he was in charge of our class film and he wanted to get film of, of this basketball game that was happening. So we pulled up MapQuest and we're like, okay, where's the seminary, right? Um, and we must have driven past it uh, <laughs> 20 times. I'm not kidding. Like, we were just, it was so frustrating. And now, like, there's a great big sign there. And it's just, you look at it and like, how did we ever miss this? But uh, right, yeah, right, right, so right. That, that's the generation I'm from. Yeah, well, well, I will say, Kevin, my wife is very similar to who you are. Uh, she is definitely uh, I feel directionally sorry for challenged. <laughs> so back in the day before GPS, you know, we had maps and everything. So my wife was going to surprise me for my 21st birthday with his friends meeting us at the old spaghetti factory in Portland, Oregon. Yum. And so, <laughs> so it's, good. it's raining and storming. Neither of us have ever been there. Well, I drove... And she was trying to tell me where to go, trying to read a map. It was our first fight ever. <laughs> and we very quickly realized she needs to be the one driving, and I'm supposed to be with the map navigating. Yes. But praise God, because now GPS, because back you know, in that day, it's kind of hard to drive and have a map at the same time trying to navigate right. life. you know. And now you've got this wonderful device, uh, some lady in a phone or a computer who says, um, turn here, here go there uh, in so far and can get you from where you are to where you want to go. Yeah, somewhere there's a sermon illustration in this. Your GPS may mislead you, but Jesus never will. Amen. And, and the wonderful thing with, I love that. Yes, and the wonderful thing with Jesus is even if you take a wrong term, he's always recalculating, taking <laughs> us good. where we are and getting us back to where That's we're good. supposed to go. That's good. Well, I've taken this idea of, a, of, of GPS and came up with the idea is that in a sense, we kind of have that internal map inside of us of how do we begin to navigate life? Not, not that eternity is secure. We all know that, but we journey through a life of calling, a life of vocation. And now in that, there can be a lot of turn left, turn right, go straight, uh, slow down, stop here. And we sometimes just don't understand what's my purpose? What impact am I supposed to make? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? But God's put that roadmap inside of us. And so I've taken this idea of the divine GPS, this idea of our unique identity. Um, and GPS stands for our gifts, our passions, and our strengths. Just a nice little easy acronym for that internal roadmap that God has put inside each one of us. And so when we think about what are our gifts, um, I'm focusing really in on the idea of the gift of our personality, uh, which is kind of a twofold, by the way. Uh, it's it's both temperament and it's both character and virtue. Um, you know, there's always kind of that nurture nature conversation. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Uh, so temperament is the hardwire like a computer system uh, where the character is really like software. It's, it's what's developed and added over time. That can be formed and shaped. And those two together create personality. Uh, then it's also passion. That's, that's that core motivation. I kind of equate it to like the gas in the tank. Uh, so what so, gets you out of bed in the morning? Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, or what could keep you up all night talking, whatever oh, yes. it is, you know, and then there's your strengths. That's your God given talents of what do you really do well in life? And so it's, it's in the combination of those three things that we find our direction and how we begin to navigate life. Yeah. And I think what's really neat about this is that, um, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. There's lots of different tools that are out there that you can use to discover this stuff. And so for me, 
the one that's fresh on my mind is the Enneagram. So you're probably <laughs> familiar with it. We just we took it as a staff a year ago. And um, in short, if you've never taken it, uh, it's a short little quiz. And for your personality, it's got a number attached to it. So um, the perfectionist, I think, is the one, um, right. the, the challenger, the supportive advisor, the, you know, and it kind of, it gives you a framework of who you are. So in my case, um, I'm a three right? Which is a successful achiever, which means I really like to do stuff and I like to be successful with things. Um, and so, um, but what's interesting about that is when you look at that, that number and who you are, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just a description of this is how you're wired. And there's a wonderful book that's out there um, called Lose Self-Defined Self, I think. Um, and it's a Christian view of the Enneagram. And what it says is that for each one of these types, um, when you're looking at your your gifts, your temperament, your character, your virtue, all of these things, um, there's there's the authentic person that God wants you to be. So in, in the case of a three, right, that is um, a, somebody who cares about leadership, somebody who's um, confident in that role, somebody who wants to empower other people, somebody who really thrives on teamwork. Those are all good things. Those are all God-given things. But then the devil wants to come and wants to bend that to his will, right? And so right. there's also your your, um, your your old self, your old yeah. Adam. They call it the inauthentic self, but they're really talking about the, it's sin, whole center the sinful nature. Yeah. yeah, and in that case, you're for a three, it's, you know, vanity, right? Yeah. Or um, inauthenticity, um, the, abil the, um, the ability to, to fool yourself, to be dishonest with yourself, right? Yeah. And that kind of thing, right? Um, yeah. Overly sensitive to criticism, all kinds of things, right? Um, and I think just knowing that, right? Knowing, okay, here's how I'm wired, right? Um, can then help you, uh, as Paul says, pursue the greater things, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Or yeah, yeah, just, absolutely. No, no, in every assessment. I mean, even Clifton Strengths is another one. So when I think about the uh, the strengths, God-given talents, that's kind of my go-to for that one is, okay, what are the things, the natural ways you think, feel, and behave that you naturally do well? And in that, we always talk about there's like a, a shadow side or basements uh, or, uh, you know, there, there's developed and raw. Um, you know, and, and there's this whole thing of our gifts of who we are, God's designed us. But then in the sinner saint reality, it's either are we being used for evil in the hands of the evil one who, even with Peter, uh, Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan, uh, that, you know, you can start being used that way. Or is it used by God? Are we in the basement or are we a shining light for all the world to see, seeking to bless others with what God has given to us? Right, right. And then you're, I mean, I, I always go back to him. I think I've said this in every podcast episode, so I'm sorry for that, but I just really like Paul. I just really do. Um, but he's kind of your textbook example of this because um, when you look at his his change from Saul to Paul, internally, as far as the person that he is, not much changed. He's still zealous. He's still, he's just, he's pointed in the right direction. Um, and that's really what this is all about, right? When you're discovering this, this unique identity, who God has called you to be, you're wired a certain way for a right. reason. God made you that way for a reason, yeah. right? And there are tools out there that are just, that are so helpful, I think, in mapping this out for yeah. you. And the more awareness you have of it, the more of an impact you can. Um, Trish, you just had your son uh, took an assessment yes. uh, recently. Yes, so I was going to say, some of us are still trying to figure out what that calling is for us uh, as adults, but when you look at the teenagers, uh, many of them take these assessments in school trying to figure out what is their calling in life? What are they destined to do in their careers? And um, we've, we're recently going through that. We haven't finished analyzing all of it, but it was incredible to look at and read the report, come back and say, you know, that he has strong interests in making change in society. He's a strategist. Um, 
and a perfectionist and, um, you know, all of these things. And I went, gosh, I've known this since he was little. Um, but sometimes as a parent, maybe as God, as a parent, we we and he know where we are destined to go. We know where those those talents are, the gifts and the passions. And sometimes we need a little bit of coaxing to push us in that direction so we can yeah. then find ourselves. And some of us who may have changed careers three times um, need a little help in finding our way. But that's also a great lesson for not just our young teenagers, but adults as well. Sometimes we get a little off course, that whole recalculating conversation. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, you know, and I've used that as an example with my children don't feel pressured to find the exact perfect thing in one moment because sometimes you need a little experience to say, hmm, this is good, but maybe you're more inclined or better or talented at something else. Yes, absolutely. And don't be afraid of that change. Absolutely. And and, and, and it's, it's a lot of life, discovering our calling is a little bit of a trial and error. Mm-hmm. But what these assessments can do is they can help bring clarity. I mean, really at the end of the day, I say an assessment is not to tell you who you are. It's not to put you in a box and say you are limited to being this person. What they do help you with is one, creating some awareness of yourself. Uh, Like for me, my whole journey into coaching started with the Clifton Strengths Assessment. I mean, I took it and I got these five words and it was like, it, it helped me understand why as a pastor, I always felt like I was a square pig trying to be put in the round hole of ministry. You know, it's like I wasn't very good in that caring shepherd, teacher, traditional kind of pastor. I'm more entrepreneurial, future focused. I'd rather go talk to a Muslim than do a hospital call. Not that hospital calls aren't important. That's just not my sweet spot. Um, I'm very evangelistic and missional. And it just helped bring clarity. And then it created language. So now that I can begin to start to talk to others, um, in this common language. So so it's not just, who, hey, here's who I am, but let me also learn to appreciate who you are because we go out and we never live our callings by ourselves. We always do it in partnership with others. That's the whole body of Christ. We need other people so that we can be the best of who we are and they can support the areas that we're not so talented with. Yeah, and I think this really helps um, not just in the area of self-awareness, which is incredibly important, but also in how we relate to other people. You know, have you ever have you ever had the experience where you're sitting in a room with somebody, maybe it's in a meeting or maybe it's, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be, and um, after five minutes, you just find yourself saying, I really don't like this person, <laughs> right? Well, what these kinds of assessments do is they cause you to take a step back and say, okay, why is this, right? right? Because we're all wired differently and we all see things from a different perspective. And sometimes there's a clash there, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, for instance, uh, as, as a three, right, I really care about doing things, right? That's where I'm wired at. Um, but somebody else in the room um, may not see it that way. They may care more about the idea than the actual execution of it, right? Um, and so they're going to spend more time in that area. And so it's all important, right? It all kind of comes together um, to make one body, as Paul says, right? Yeah. You yeah. Don't say, you know, hand, I don't need you, or I, I don't need yeah. you. No, yes, you do, right? Even yeah. if you're not wired the same way, right? You need that person. One of the best things that Travis did when we did the um, Clifton Strengths at church was to put us all in a group, 
with a whole bunch of people who had different strengths. Mm -hmm. And then we had a project to complete. And then it became very clear, okay, so I was a strategist. Somebody else had the woo, which is the excitement and the cheerleader. And Mm -hmm. somebody else was the, okay, I'm the get it done person. I can't remember what that one's called, but that's your doer. And so we had lots of different people in the group and everybody's strength came to the top. And everybody had a job to do to accomplish our goal using their own strengths. And I think that's the biggest thing to understand is that your strengths are meant to complement somebody else yeah. so that you can come together for that that end goal rather than worrying about being able to do it all yourself or yeah. um, to feel like you can't do it because you don't have those other skills. You're not meant to do all of the pieces and parts. Yeah. You're meant to focus on what your talents and strengths and passions are. Yeah, right, which is where that question comes from, who needs it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're not all sent to the same group of people, right? And you just kind of highlighted that, that you would not be maybe the first choice for a, for a hospital call. But there are people who do carry yeah. that skill set with yeah. them, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's so important. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they even found, uh, there's some research from the Barna organization has found that when groups of people come together, the, the like 60 to 80% of the time, it's because they've come around a common passion together. So, so you can have mm-hmm. different talents, but boy, when you find a common passion right. that people can gather around, and it, if it's a passion for an issue or a situation in the world, or specifically groups of people, who am I called to serve? Now that's when they go out and make a great impact. You know, it's, it's interesting. There's a book I read a few years ago from Gallup. It's called The Power of Two. And in it, it really is kind of talking about the Clifton Strengths Assessment, but it talked, I think this could apply to any aspect of our divine GPS that says that a, a strength isn't a strength until we're in partnership with somebody who has complementary talents to our own, which basically means, you know, for you to be at your best, um, you need to partner with somebody who doesn't have what you have. Uh, my wife and I are that way. My, what's interesting is in the Clifton Strengths, my top or her bottom and vice versa. Wow. And, and and it's just God knew we needed each other. Um, and, and so we jokingly say, I'm the person looking down the road and she's looking for the potholes so I don't twist my ankle in life. And it's when we come together, we're better together than we are by ourselves. Yeah. 100%. And I've seen that on my teams at work. And especially after we did Clifton Strengths as a team and I could spot people yeah. and say, okay, you know, the doer one um, is achiever. One, achiever. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of low on my scale. It's still in the top 15, but it's it's not super high, but achievement and uh, and meeting goals was. And so that put me more in a leadership role. And then if I've got those doer people, yeah. <laughs> then I am I'm awesome because then our team is going to accomplish so much. And I looked at my teams internally and thought, I am so glad you're on the team because I need your strength to help us accomplish these goals. And then I need you over here with your skill set. That's where my individualization comes in. I need you with yours to to do these things. And then we could actually have a team that would accomplish so much more together than if any one of us tried to do it alone. Instead of you're different, now it's like, I value you. I see. And and, and here's how we can work together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's this wonderful story. I got to to take this back to the Bible for just a minute, but there's this wonderful story in Exodus that it, it's not as well known, but um, you've got Moses who is uh, leading God's people right through the through the promised land, and he is burnt out, right? He's done, right? The, the, he just has too many issues to deal with. This is a giant group of people. He's one guy um, who, by the way, doesn't even feel like he's cut out to begin with, right? He's already right. got some questions about this. And so what does he do? Well, he calls his father-in-law, which there's there's a great lesson in there too, right? If you're struggling, right, call your father-in-law. Right. Um, I don't know if you all have, but anyway, <laughs> he calls his father-in-law, right? Um, and his father-in-law says, well, Moses, the problem is, is that you're carrying too much. 
And what you need to do is you need to find a group of people who have the strength to lead and you need to enable them to do that. Right. I mean, I'm paraphrasing that, but yeah. that's basically what he says. He says you need to divide and conquer here. Right. Um, and you can imagine, I mean, I don't know exactly who those men were. We don't know anything about them, but you can probably imagine they're not all the same. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, you know, however many 12 or seven or however many it was. It's some biblical number um, uh, uh, carbon copies of Moses. Right. It's not the same. Right. Yeah. And so it's I think that there's a lesson in there for us, too, that, uh, you know, if you feel like the load is too heavy. Right. You may want to check yourself for a minute and say, okay, um, am I relying too much on the person that I am instead of leaning on the skills and the abilities of others, which you may be undervaluing? Yep. 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 Absolutely. And so, um, just to kind of put a bow on this, you know, so when I do work in my coaching with people, helping them discover their GPS, their gifts, passions, and strengths, uh, there's a lot of different tools I utilize, and we've we've mentioned some of these. Uh, so the gift of personality, uh, temperament, uh, Myers-Briggs, the MBTI is a great tool. Uh, DISC is another one. Um, the uh, Enneagram, uh, for me, the Enneagram is funny. It's Once I get past uh, the, how it's designed, uh, because I can just imagine putting a goat's head in there and it looks like a yeah. satanic symbol. Yes. But, yes. but once you get past that, it's a very valuable have you ta- Have you taken the Enneagram trail? Uh, yes, just recently, what actually. Are you, what are you? I'm just curious. Um, uh, either four or five. Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, three or four. My apologies, three or okay. four. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, you're, that doesn't surprise me. Because they always talk right. about like a fourth with a wing three or yeah. three wing four. I, I'm still kind of learning this. So we're yep. going to be talking about this more. I'm going to go sure, take sure. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, for, for character and virtue, uh, there's a great one. Uh, the VIA assessment, values and action, um, really comes out of the field of positive psychology. Great one. Uh, passion, core motivations. Um, I've got one I've actually developed as part of our call to be process. And then strengths. I utilize Clifton strengths, but there are so many. And, and the wonderful thing with each assessment is they, they all are valuable and they show a different asset or aspect of ourselves. So I, I kind of say we're like diamonds and we all have different facets as you turn and look at a diamond. We all have different facets, and each of these assessments just helps us understand a different facet of God's gifting, workmanship, and design in our life. Yeah. Um, not only so we understand who we are and, and understand that roadmap better of how to love and serve others, but also who other people are and then that partnership. Yeah, together. yeah. I mean, I, I got to come back to lose self-defined self just for a minute because it was just so helpful for me. Um, I wish I could think of the author's name, but if you get a chance to read it, please just do. Um, and there's a, the end section talks about how um, part of this transformation that happens that God does in us happens by us owning up to who we are, right? Um, and instead of saying, well, this is just how I am, deal with it. You know, you're, you're able to say, no, this actually isn't who God has wired me to be, and I need him to change me into this, yeah. right? Um, we call that confession, repentance, yep. receiving forgiveness, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And asking God to change you. And that recalculate, Yep. <laughs> here's where you are, let's get you back to where you're supposed Never to go. Never going to hear recalculating the same again. <laughs> so um, what do you think is the difference? What what difference does it make for somebody to discover their divine GPS and, and these various assessment tools that are out there to help people be, to be able to do that? Well, uh, the first thing, if you've ever been in a room with somebody with no self-awareness, it can be really painful. Um, and I, I think that it's so important to have this because it's really the first step to humility. Mm. It's it's the first step to realizing that, okay, 
yeah, I'm gifted in certain ways, right? Um, I'm uniquely gifted, but others are too, right? Um, other people are also wired a certain way, and I am not the end-all, be-all center of the universe, right? There are other perspectives. There are other ways to do things. There are other ways to see things, and actually that's that's divinely uh, oriented, right? That's, yeah. that's how God designed it to be, right? One body, many parts, right? And I think just... Uh, knowing where you fit in is, is critical. And it also tells you how you're going to relate to other people. Yeah. yeah, It's taking that moment to step back and really look at yourself and your, your accomplishments in life. Where have your strengths stood out? And then don't be shy about them. Yeah. Um, it's okay to be proud that you are good at doing something and then using that as a means to either help within your community, your family, your job, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and just being able to embrace that about yourself rather than saying, well, I don't want people to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay to put it out there. Yeah. And, and to me, I mean, I think that's the whole thing is, is I think there's an empowerment that yeah. comes from it. Exactly. Because I think a lot of people that I've coached with, and I also see this even in organizations and churches, is sometimes we look around and we feel like it's like West Texas. It's lifeless. It's barren. There's nothing out here but armadillos. And, and, but yet the, the reality is if you would just drill down under the surface, just a little bit with some intentionality, you'll find that there are vast resources just waiting to be tapped and unleashed. And that's the same in, in individuals. There are a lot of people who just, they don't step out because they don't feel like they have anything good to offer. Like I know for years back uh, when I first was becoming Christian, I felt like I was just a big navel in the body of Christ. I was just like this belly button. I didn't know what my purpose was other than to be there. But over time, God has revealed through experiences in life and, and some of this assessment work and being coached that I have a lot to offer. And because I know that now, it gives me confidence. It empowers me to step out in faith and say, God, you've gifted me this way. Now use me to be a blessing to others. Yeah, yeah, amen. So as we wrap up today, um, what, what should be a takeaway for our listening and viewing audience uh, as they hear this podcast? On a baseball team, you need a pitcher and you need a center fielder but the center fielder should not try to be the pitcher and the pitcher probably shouldn't try to be the center fielder. Amen. I'll let the analogy sit there. <laughs> Amen. See, I've still got our last one stuck in my head. Truest fan. I've still got right, baseball right. in the mind. Or, or basketball. Shaquille O'Neal should not be playing Magic Johnson's yeah. role, you know, or, <laughs> or, or vice versa, right? Oh, man, that's a funny image in and of itself, isn't it? Though, yeah. though for a big guy, he could move and he can move. the ball yeah. pretty well. This so. is true. This is true. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But he's going to be at his best when he's doing what comes natural to him. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Trish, what do you think should be a takeaway? For well, her? you know, I, I fully support Kevin's analogy. That is probably perfect for a visual. Uh, uh, but then also just, again, being willing to embrace what it is that you have been gifted with to offer the world. Um, unless you're a writer, maybe you want to keep that to yourself because then everybody calls you to write the simplest things. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and all joking aside, no, being able to, to share those gifts and those talents with people and, and being able to embrace that, I think is really important in finding your place in the world, finding yeah. your, where you sh are meant to be, um, is the first step is to step back and see who you are and yeah. what you have to offer and yeah. being willing to offer it. And not that life is always easy, but you'll find probably more joy and fulfillment in mm -hmm. serving and you'll make a far greater impact with, yeah. as you seek to love and serve others and bless them. So, Amen. Well, we want to thank all of you for uh, viewing and listening to this podcast. Once again, we want to encourage you uh, not only to listen and view, but also like and share this podcast with others. Uh, make sure to go to our YouTube page and subscribe. Go to our Facebook called 
Called to Be group. Uh, make sure to join the conversation there as well. And we want to make a special offer to any of you who um, are listening or viewing this podcast. Maybe you want to begin to discover your divine GPS. Um, so here's what I'd like to do is I would love to have a conversation with you and have you take the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Uh, it only costs $20. It's not super expensive to get your top five results. And I would be willing, if you're interested in reach out to me through our Facebook group, uh, the Call to Be Podcast Facebook group, uh, to be able to give you a one-hour complimentary strengths coaching session. So I would love to have you take the assessment and then walk with you to unpack that and the difference that it makes for your life so that you can begin developing a strengths-based life, a strengths-based ministry, apply it to your workplace. Lots of great applications for this as well. Um, As always, we want to thank both Malam and the Southeastern District for their generous support to make this podcast possible. And with that, we want to wish you all God's richest blessings, and we'll catch you next time for the Call to Be podcast. Take care, everybody.